Hello everyone and welcome back to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Mark Karofsky, Kate Midwinter and Liz Batchelor as we'll be previewing the weekend's action as well as uh, the racing over the Christmas period. We've got some really decent action to come um, and hopefully we can find you some winners. So let's get straight into it then. There's going to be a lot of racing. The first race we're going to look at is the 225 at Ascot. It's a Howden Long Walk Hurdle. It's a grade one over three miles. And this one looks a real head scratcher. Your favorite is West Balboa at 10 to three. We then got Crambo at seven to two, Champ at 11 to two, Paisley Park at sixes, Dashiell Drasher at 15 to two. Bigger are the rest. Mark, I'll come to you here first. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast, but uh, you've got a hard one to uh, kick us off with, haven't you? Yeah, it never gets easier. But it's good to to be back. Hopefully, we can buy in a couple of winners this weekend. I thought this was quite a tricky race. There's quite a lot of old characters in here, a couple of rogues. But I thought West Balboa was short enough, um, slightly on the drift, nine to four out to to hundred to thirty. Um, I'm not sure about the format entry last time out. Um, it was a free runner race. Miller's bank set it up. Didn't didn't run its race. Brilliant storm for me. Passed it. Not a one fifty. I think 100 to 30 is pretty short. Obviously, this one out of the places. I'd rather be on um, Paul Nichols' four-year-old Blue King, Duzaru. I mean, currently 14 is as big as 18 to 1. Um, so he never won over the distance, but 14 to 1 looks better um, at the price. He has to give £6 to, to the current favourite, but I'd definitely be opposing West Balboa. Uh, Dashiell Drasher, Paisley Bark, both had hard races last time out. Champs to Fresh Horse. I th- honestly, I think this is a wide, wide uh, open race. And then you've got the rogue Goshen at the bottom as well. Um, I'm not sure about about stepping up to three miles either, but we'll go for Paul Nichols, uh, Blue King, Duzaru, um, fourteen to one um, each way, three four places. That uh, looked like decent value to me. There's a couple question marks in this race, but I'll take the fourteen to one. Uh, stables in form, Cobden booked. Yeah, Blue King Jeru, uh, bold move it looks like by Paul Nichols running them here. Four year old as well. Wouldn't get too many four year olds running in staying races but he's got a good course record and you definitely have to respect him i personally thought this could be between some of the old guard i thought paisley ran a blinder last time we know ascot is his track and also as well dashiell drasher you can't rule him out liz dashiell drasher i know he's one of your favorite horses in training is uh is uh the head and the heart agreeing here uh, yeah, it is. And I think I think it was eight when I last checked. I think you just said 15 to two. Um, but I think that's still decent each way value. Um, and the first person that says to me, oh, he's such an old horse, I'm going to give him a duster. But um, people forget, I think, that in his whole career, he's ran 29 races. He's not finished out of the top three and 23 of them. I think that's some going. He doesn't always win, obviously, but he tries so hard. He's never far away, um, and I don't think he's going to be far away in this either. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think he's quite high on the shortlist. I think the likes of West Balboa, Crambo, they've got to prove nearly a stone. Even if he was to run a few pounds below his best, you know, that's still good enough. We've seen in this division that the old guards still have it um, in these kind of races. And yeah, why not? Dashiell Drasher has run about 15 to 2 chance. How about you, Katie? Who did you like in the long walk? Well, I'd be firmly against West Balboa as well. I think she's the wrong favourite. And I think in comparison with Red Risk, um, who looks a massive price at 28 to 1, the lamb to one about West Balboa is, is way too short for me. I thought it was going to be between one of the old boys and Botox has. 
Um, I think Dashwood Russia, as Liz is saying, always runs his race. He always gives you a run for your money. So I can definitely see the case with him. Paisley Park as well, and of course Champ. But the one I'm leaning towards is Botox Haas. I think he's the improving one in here. I've been impressed with him. I think the the trip and the, the ground, all the conditions will suit him. And I think he's a, a very generous price at around 11 to 1 as well. So I'll be going for Botox Haas each way. Okay, Botox has it is for Katie. So that rounds off the long walk. Looks like a cracking race. Uh, the next race we're going to talk about is at Ascot. It's the Howden Silver Cup Handicap Chase. Blackjack Magic is your favourite four to one. We've then got Yearman at 11 to two. Victorino, who's looking for another course and distance win at sixes. Haskell Clemonis sevens. Jitmaker eights. Bigger are the rest. Liz, I'll come to you here again. This looks quite a tricky race, or is it? Did you have a strong fancy in here? Um, I don't have a particularly strong fancy, if I'm honest. Um, but the race at Ascot at the start of November, in which Victorino won, um, would have been interesting if Yearman had stayed on his feet. Um, didn't jump particularly well uh, that day, um, so would need to improve. Uh, Gavin Cromwell, the trainer, also sends Hasquer Clement, who won well in a Class 3 chase at Cheltenham a few weeks ago. He's got a £5 claimer on board. Uh, but like I say, no particular fancy, but yeah, man, if I was pushed. Okay, yeah, man, uh, tentative selection for Liz. How about you, Katie? Uh, a few horses in here of interest? I didn't have a strong fancy at all in it, to be honest. There's a few that are coming into the, the race off the back of wins. Uh, Victorina was impressive last time out. Blackjack Magic as well. I'd definitely be interested in the Gavin Cromwell pair, Yeman and Haskell Clement. Um, but at the moment, I don't have any of them that are really sticking out to me. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I thought it was quite trappy at the top end of the market. How about you, Mark? Did you have maybe a big price outsider here for the listeners? Um, I'm in agreement with the girls here, just on the Gavin Cromwell angle. Um, I think Haskell Clement was a good winner. And um, we were actually at Cheltenham that day for the Paddy Power meeting. It was good ride by Noel McParland. Obviously, we had the, the Tony Martin horse read to return. So the jockey got, got a ban for that. It's a bit of a poor ride, Tony Martin. Um, I think Yeman is interesting. I think the form of Victorino is quite strong. Yeman got £2. Um, fell last time out. Had every chance, just two lines down. Um, but as you see, Gavin Cromwell has been sending the right ones over and he, the booking of Jonathan Burke is definitely a positive. And Cornerstone Walsh, is, he's a solid £5 claimer as well. Um, I actually think that both these Gavin Cromwell runners are running in weaker races here as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if them two finish the, the top two in the places here. Reverse forecast material, I think this is quite a weak renewal. Um, but I thought it was difficult to split between the Cromwell runners, but that's certainly where I'd be looking in this race. Okay, bit of uh, love for the Irish here. Gavin Cromwell's pair, yeah, man, and Hasco Clement uh, for Mark. Uh, I'll just give mention to Larry here, old favourite of mine. He's done me a few good times over the years. He's 16 to 1. I thought that was a little bit big. Gary Moore's team weren't necessarily in the best of form a couple of months ago uh, when he was running, but they, the horses seem to be running a little bit, yeah, but better now. And I just thought of a mark of 133, he's got plenty of experience around there. I thought that wasn't a bad mark for him to, to maybe make uh, the frame each way. He'd probably get four places with a few firms as well. So for me, Larry, just had to give him a positive mention. I thought 16 to 1, I'll, I'll probably be having a small each way saver on him. But yeah, it does look quite a, a hard race to work out the winner of. Um, we then go to uh, the last race we're going to look at, Ascot, which is the 335. It's the Betfair Exchange Trophy. A very competitive looking race. Ibirico Lord is your favourite, 3 to 1. We've then got Altabelli at 11 to 2. Empost Twire at 11 to 2 as well. Only a matter of time for Willie Mullins at 6s. Hansar 7s. Lucia at 10s. 
bigger are the rest. Katie, I know we were talking about this race earlier today. Um, we were talking about Nicky Henderson maybe having the keys to this race. Uh, I know you like one of his uh, runners. Are you going to be siding with them? Yeah, I think that Gio is a really good bet each way. Um, the four places at 10 to 1. Um, in my eyes, she's a grade one mare, uh, especially against her own sex. And I think in the handicap, you have to respect her. Um, she's only two pounds um, between herself and Iberico Lord this time around. Ten pounds between them and Iberico Lord won the Greatwood. Now, I don't think necessarily she'll be able to beat Iberico Lord, but I think she could be much closer. And from an each-way angle anyway, you know, you've got second, third and fourth there. Um, she's got a good chance of getting in the places. I think she's been underestimated a lot. And I'll be keen to stick with her wherever she goes because I think she's much better than a lot of people are thinking at the moment. Um, even though she kind of disappointed at Cheltenham and Aintree, she still ran really well. And the form has been franked by a few horses too. Um, so I think she's a really good horse. And I th say she has a promising future ahead of her. Yeah, Lucia, yeah, possibly in handicap. She uh, could be a, a rising star. And yeah, 136 does look a, a workable mark. How about you, Mark? Did you have a shortlist in here? Um, I agree with, with Katie there. I think the KO is, is definitely interesting. Um, I think she, I think she ran well uh, at Cheltenham in the Mayor's Novice Hurdle. I mean, she's went off six to four on that occasion, and obviously the horse wasn't a hundred percent on on that day. Uh, there were there were rumours that the horse was sick, still ran a massive race. I mean, off one three six, she's got a massive chance for me. Obviously, if you get four places, I think that's solid value. Um, one I, I would give a shout to as well is um, one of the outsiders is Brian Ellison's. So Sarah, obviously the booking of uh, Gavin Sheen's a positive. If you look at that run last time out, ran ran in the Scottish Champion Hurdle, I think that's strong form. Uh, Paul Nichols has had Ruban, and then obviously that horse has franked the form since. Um, we're talking about having a match with uh, Constitution Hill. I mean, this one is off. What's what's this one off here? Is it one one two six? I mean, it's currently a thirty three to one, forty to one chance here. So. Yeah, I think one, two, six. This one, this one can maybe nick a place um, and a fit and ready to go. Could be the winner of that mark. I think thirty three forty is a big price for Salsada, Brian Ellison. Okay, yeah, Mark's quite sweet on the Northern Raider Salsada. How about uh, you, Liz? You get final say on this race. Um, I think Iberico Lord is is obviously the right favourite, um, especially after his win in the Greatwood. Um, I still think Impose Twist has some great potential, um, winning his races really well, and he hasn't maybe had a real test. Um, Iberico Lord edging it slightly. Um, obviously, a lot of these bumped into one another in the Greatwood, and, and he did clearly come out on top. Um, only a matter of time. Tries to hope he tries not to cause uh, some serious injury. He's run out twice in a row now. He could be a liability to others in this. Um, but um, Iberico Lord for me. Okay, Iberico Lord. It is uh, Liz siding with the favourite. Um, I quite liked... A couple of here at big prices. I thought Favoir was overpriced at 25 to 1, won the county hurdle at the Cheltenham Festival for £3 lower mark. But if you go back for his form over the last 18 months or so, he was running in some decent handicaps off much higher marks in the low 140. So 137 is still definitely a workable mark for him. And he didn't run too badly when finishing second at Ascot last time out. Last time out. And I thought Move It Like Mini for Nigel Twiston Davis and Finn Lambert claiming five again was another big price at 25 to 1. I was there at Huntington when he won last time out and he showed a really good bat in latitude to, to get the 
job done. And even if you go back through some of his form lines, he, he finished third behind the likes of uh, Son of Gino and Too Friendly at Huntington back uh, earlier this year. And if he's in that kind of mood, I, I just think one, two, four. I think there's a bit more to come from him. And he's likely to be ridden prominently as well. Sometimes it can be hard to come from off the pace in these Ascot handicaps. We saw the likes of Nico Bocaglori make all uh, to win a, a big handicap here a couple of months ago. So I do think move it like Mini, there's still a lot of upsides to him. And uh, 25 to 1, again, I think that's a big price. But it just says, I think, by the nature of this race, that we've all made a case for, for different horses. And it looks extremely competitive. So good luck trying to find the winner uh, in the lucky last at Ascot. Right, so we're now going to have a look at the Boxing Day action, where we've got some really great action, especially at Kempton, where they've got three grade ones. And we're going to be looking at the first of those, which is the 120. It's the Labrooks Quarter Star Novices Chase, uh, grade one over three miles. And LS Francais, a uh, French raider here, uh, is your favourite five to two. We've then got Hermes Elena, 11 to four. Giovinco, three to one. Classical Dream could be an interesting runner at three to one as well. Grange Claire West is in for William. So eight, imagine 14s, bigger are the rest. Mark, it's interesting that we've got a French raider here. Hard to know um, how that form translates, but gives a spicy edge to the race, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I quite like the French form. Um, and obviously the, the booking of um, James Reevely is definitely a positive. Um, in my younger days, I used to, James used to ride quite a lot in the north, especially Musselburgh. Big fan of this rider and uh, knows the course. This horse will absolutely love the heavy soft ground um for me i think this is the one to be on here and um, i think five to two is a fair price could easily see this one going off around seven to four six to four on on the day i thought giovinco had every chance last time out um was interfered with with the loose horse the sand down but for me as soon as he asked the question didn't, didn't want to go through with it in my opinion and i think uh, harry copping gave, gave the winner a great ride just i think he knew the potential attitude problems there with giovinco I mean, if this turns into a battle and if the pace doesn't collapse, I don't think Giovinco's got absolutely no chance here. Um, I would probably take Giovinco on against the field or back James Reedley's mount. Okay, Eles Francais is for Mark and uh, he has his doubts over Giovinco. Maybe the run coming a little bit too soon. Uh, how about you, Liz? This looks uh, quite an interesting little race, doesn't it? Um, who did you like in this one? Yeah, and as we were saying, Le say I think he could be anything. He's obviously won a few very well over in France on heavy ground, um, but I, I don't, just don't think he's been tested against anything decent, but good for them to to send him over, do you know what I mean? But um, I like 2019 Supreme Novices winner, Classical Dream, um, and I think I'll side with, with him. Just really impressive in his last race. He made all, jumped really well, one by nine and a half length. Um, so, yeah, Classical Dream for me in this one. Yeah, I kind of was coming around to him, especially if he uh, tries and makes the running. Um, can be really hard to peg back a front runner at Kempton, especially if you get into a good rhythm. And yeah, um, he's definitely one I would respect uh, if Willie does send him over. How about you, Katie? Well, if he runs, I really like the chances of Range Flare West for Willie Mullins. Um, I think he's got a few entries over Christmas. And it looks likely that Classical Dream is going to be running here. But I, I hope that they sign Range Flare West over too. Uh, I've been really impressed by him. Um, thought it was a great start over fences when he beat a good field of novices, including Hartwood and Corbett's Cross. He's clearly had issues in the past, but he has a lot of talent and I think he could be competing for some of the top prizes this season. So I'm excited by him. 
Um, and if he doesn't run, then I'd be siding with Classical Dream. So it's just a Willie Mullins for me in this race. Okay, it's a case of Willie Mullins bingo for Katie, like it is for many of us over Christmas, trying to work out where he's going to send his runners. So that's the 120 covered. We're now going to look at the Labrooks Christmas hurdle, grade one. Finally, we're hopefully going to see Constitution Hill as your favourite one seven. We've then got Rupert four to one, First Street twenties, Namian Line twenty fives, Black Poppy fifties, and so we're out fifty to one. Um, Liz Constitution Hill, he just wins and uh, uh, he just turns up and wins, doesn't he? Pretty much. I don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna chat about really because <laughs> um, yeah, I it's obviously good that we're gonna see him back. Not sure that he's up against too much, to be honest. Um, that's all I've got to say on the matter. Yeah, I think um, we'll just keep it short and sweet. Constitution Hill just wins, doesn't he? Um, Katie, agree? Constitution Hill, good thing? Yeah, hopefully he will win. I didn't have too strong a fancy in behind. Me, Rubard has obvious claims to chase him home. He's four to one, second favourite. So. He could be the one, um, but yeah, Constitution Hill should go and win this. He's miles better than the others, isn't he? Mark, you're often one for throwing a spanner in the works with uh, with a horse that maybe uh, can turn over a jolly. I, I don't think uh, there's really an angle here that you could go in, is there? Oh, just of course there is. I'm looking at the prices, right? He's a one to seven chance, Constitution Hill, right? Do you think he's a one to seven chance? He could even be shorter. Okay. Well, what price was Epiton in 2020 and turned over? Uh, she was slightly... Um, she Well, she was about 1 to 5, maybe? She was turned over at 1 to 5, right? I mean, if you take the Paul Nichols runner out of this race, right? Red Bandy's probably, probably a 7-on, 10-on chance, right? I don't think this horse is no mug. The Nichols horse won the Scottish champion earlier. I mean, I've got a lot to find on the ratings, but... I mean, Constitution Hill was primed to run what a week, two, three weeks ago. Is he still primed? You, you just, you just don't know. It's, it's one of these races. I wouldn't be diving in at one at seven. Um, put some pressure on his jumping early. You never know what can happen. Anderson had a one at five shot beat. I remember watching it live. It was confident beating by. Yeah, but it was Epitone, not Constitution yeah, Hill. Yeah, but Mark. I'm talking from a price perspective here. We do, we don't know how good the Nichols horse is. I would probably just leave the race alone. I know a lot of people will be getting interested in distance bets and all that. Um, someone takes someone early, puts them under pressure. You never know what's going to happen. All I, would, never... all I would add to that is I think you're right maybe about don't bet in the distance markets because I do think Robo, or however you say his name, he is an interesting horse in the fact that he is two out of two this season. They've both been wins over this course and distance and at Wincant and very similar tracks. He does make all. His form from Wincant and doesn't look too bad because Hansard uh, did win the Jerry Fielding. So he does have some substance to his form. Um, and what was that famous race? Was it Rooster Booster that went Hartford, yeah. miles yeah. clear and then he got picked up? I'm not saying we're going to say see a similar thing there, but it's not going to happen. No, it's not. That's that's not going to happen here. He's got first street beat on form, but I'm, he's obviously got to improve on ratings, right? But it's just one to seven, not ran for two hundred fifty-seven days. You just don't know. You don't know. It's not for me. Like he's a two to five chance, four eleven. It'd be of interest, but it's probably going to be what is he? He's odds on to win by ten lengths, fifteen lengths. Yeah, that's. Nicky's not going to give him a hard race either. You know that he's going to be. If he's going to win, he's he's not going to win by far, in my opinion. Nico won't give him a hard race because all eyes are on Cheltenham, aren't they? 
yeah, it, I think like I just think you can't really get involved, whatever, really. Um, even if you did want to like go in the distance, I think you you can't tell if he's going to bolt up or if it's going to be a five length job on the bridle and easy does it. You know, it's just hard to hard to see how he's going to do it. But I think we can all agree, Constitution Hill is going to be very hard to beat. But who knows? Stranger things have happened. But uh, yeah, we'll just uh, hopefully see him uh, win and uh, yeah, it'll be all roads to Chatham. Right, enough of the Christmas hurdle. We're getting into the big race now. Uh, the men that sorts out the boys as it goes, or something like that, I don't know. Anyway, the 230. It's the King George VI chase, uh, a grade one. Alaho is your favourite, 15 to 8. We've then got Brave Man's Game at 5 to 2, going back for back wins. We've then got Shishkin at 11 to 2. The Real Whacker at 8 to 1. Jerry Colomb at 10s. Royal Pagar at 10s as well. Hewick, 16s. And Frodon is the outsider at 50 to 1. Um. Katie, I'll come to you here first. This looks not maybe the best race we've ever seen of the King George, but a lot of question marks over quite a few of these. Uh, what did you make of it? I think it's a good race. A lot of quality in the field. Uh, Brain Man's game, returning champion. He's been a bit disappointing the last twice, but back at Kempton... We know Paul Nichols will get him tuned up for this and back to his best. What I've been disappointed in with him um, the last couple of races is his jumping's been a bit shoddy at times. Whereas prior to that, prior to this season anyway, he has always been foot perfect at his fences. So he hasn't looked um, himself recently, but you know he could well be back to his best. Um, we just don't know. But I'd be leaving him for this race this year. Now, Alaho's coming back. You've got that bounce factor. That is a, it could be a little bit of a worry, but if he's anything near his best, then he's going to go close. But I think the bit of the forgotten horse in here is Shishkin, um, who is, is one of my favourite horses, yes, but with my head and my heart, I think I'll, I'll be siding with him here. I do have an anti-post bet on him from when he finished second in the Ryanair, and I think from then on, all rows did lead to Kempton for him. Um, it was around 17 to 2 at that time, but he was available 13 to 2 earlier this week for the race, uh, which was still good values. 11 to 2, 5 to 1 now. I think it's still a big price for a horse that has so much ability when he's on a going day. Now, we know that he didn't he didn't run at Asker, he refused to race, but you could put that down to the first time cheek pieces and hope that that won't happen again. If he is at his best, then He's definitely going to go close. But even if he isn't at his best in terms of his jumping, um, he hasn't been jumping with much fluency. But he didn't at Cheltenham or at Aintree, but he still managed to achieve a, a decent finishing position. He won the the bowl, of course, and then he was a close second to Envoy Allen um, at Cheltenham, which was brilliant in terms of like, the way he'd actually run his race. It was it was a really great achievement to finish where he, where he did after the performance he put in. So if he can jump with a bit more fluency, if Nikon could get him to travel comfortably, um, I think he has a big chance of, of going really close here, and, and I hope he wins. Yeah, I could see Shishkin being potentially the money horse in the day. I, I think as much as people will want to get him beat, I can see a lot of people wanting to side with him, and uh, yeah, I could see him maybe going off maybe around about the 3-1 to one mark. I, I don't know what you think, uh, Mark. Um, do you think Shishkin could be maybe the money horse on the day and the likes of Brave Man's Game could maybe drift out a little bit? And this is a really competitive race and I think Shishkin, currently 11-2, to two, was big as 7-1 earlier in the week. Very interesting runner because if this if this one jumps off, say, say he goes off 
five to one. If he jumps off, he's probably going to be trading three to one after half a furlong because he's a runner. But I could probably see this one trading five to one starting price for the win. And, and a lot of people, what they'll be trying to do is they'll be trying to place Liam at bigger prices, maybe six to four, um, because he might refuse to run. I think that's what the approach a lot of people will do. But I think I think he's a quirky horse. I think um, Cheltenham, Cheltenham Festival just there didn't, didn't look right for me and was under pressure for a long way, but did run on. There's a lot of ability there. I just don't think he's one that you can trust. Um, I think Alaho difficult to beat. Um, Jerry Colomb, very weak in the betting, um, out to 10 to 1, and 16's on Betfair. I genuinely think this is a really, really tricky race. Um, not one that I'll be getting involved in from a betting perspective, but in running, I think it'll be very, very interesting. Um, I think Shishkin was, is the perfect sort of back to lay because if he does jump off, he's going to trade immediately shorter and running, isn't he? Yeah, he's the real enigma in the pack. So, um, yeah, I think it's a tricky race, and even Frodo, I mean, getting on a bit, eleven year old, but fifty to one, that could be a hundred to one chance on the bet for exchange. If that one goes out in front, gets an easy lead, you could probably trade it and running back to lay. Yeah, I, I thought Frodo maybe was probably one of the only horses in here that you could probably recommend that he would run a solid race. Um, just don't know about the others, what kind of form they're in. But yeah, Frodon, I did uh, speak to the Katie about him earlier in the week, and uh, yeah, we seen fifty to one. Yeah, or he was sixty sixes at the time each way, maybe with three places. If this uh, does still hold out, could be maybe not not bad value. So, but um, who know who knows? It is a very very tricky race. How about you, Liz? Did you have a strong uh, fancy in the King George? I just don't think we've seen the last of Shishkin um, and I just think that providing he sorts his head out and he goes he's, he's definitely going to be Vang there and he's going to be a big price considering when has he ever been this kind of price to, to win a race um, and obviously Jerry Cologne I don't think he, he's definitely not going to be turning up I can't imagine and I think this race really is between Shishkin and Alaho. Um, although he jumps to the left occasionally, which could be a concern. Um, and I said the other day that gold cups don't ruin horses and that there could be other factors. And I had about a million people complain at me and come up with about 100 facts. Um, but I don't know why people keep backing him if that's really the case. Um, but I'm looking forward to the matchup. If Shishkin shows up, I, I think he'll be the one to beat. Yeah, I think if he's in the right frame of mind, I think he is probably the most likely winner. I wouldn't rule out Brave Man's game. I know people are done with him. I was against him last time at Haydock, but I just think Kempton is his track. I just think over uh, tracks that put more emphasis on your stamina, I just don't think he ever sees out the trip as well. Um, and I think tracks are favour more speed. I think he's probably the best um, high cruising three-mile uh, chaser there is especially in, in, in the UK that that style of running will suit him around Kempton and that's why he's been seen to good effect that's probably why he just got outstayed by Galloping Deschamps in the in the Cheltenham Gold Cup and even last time to somewhat of an extent he might have not been necessarily his best the last two times but I just think maybe he could maybe be weak on the day and maybe go out to 10 to 3 7 to 2 and if he was it, it could be a classic case of when surname won the Charlie Hall and it was a short price and then he went out to a big price and everyone was like, how the hell did he go off that price? So I, I think see... you'll probably see early on if he's at the races or not, because if he jumps with fluency, then it's going to be, he's going to have a good chance of going close. 
But if he starts getting into his fences and making mistakes, then, you know, it's not going to be a good day for him, you'd expect, because he's never done that before prior to this season. No, that is that is a fair point. Um, I just I just think Ram Kempton, I think there's no excuse, real excuses for him. This is like, not a last chance saloon, but this, this is his race. So. I don't think we've spoken enough, well, we haven't spoken at all about Royal Pagel either. And he's a big prize and his win over Brave Man Games last time. I mean, that was six and a half lengths. I thought he won that well. Um, so maybe a mention to him as well. Yeah, I think you could definitely make a case for him. I think you make a case for and him. And even to Hewick, too, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. He we was just running well. Yeah, no, but Hewick is such a likeable horse, and he was running well before coming down at Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah he he, was. He's a big price as well. What was he 20 to 1? He was 16, I'm seeing now. Gavin, it's, a, it's a deep race. Gavin Sheehan's a good jockey booking as well. So. I think we've covered all angles there. Just give up Jerry Colum and Real Wacker. I think you can't rule them out either. So I think we can safely say we found the winner, the King George. So we've named Yeah, one of them will win for sure. Every runner. So, yeah, it, it looks as surely to be a bout of a race. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching it. Hopefully uh, you can find the winner of that. But I'll probably just... My heart will be going Chishkin, but maybe I might have a late move for Brave Man's Game. I'm going to watch out for the final decks, but... We see how we go. Right, so that is um, Kempton covered for Boxing Day. We're now moving over to Aintree, where they're having their first ever Boxing Day race, or at least in my lifetime that I can remember, because this is a brand new fixture. And uh, they've rearranged the old Tolworth that used to be run at Sandown here to be the feature race. And this looks a really good uh, uh, first race at Aintree they've got here. It's the William Hill, Formby, Novices Herd, or Grade 1, as I said, formerly known as the Tolworth. Django Beige, your favourite, 3-1. to one. We've then got Farangori at 5s, Favour and Fortune at 6 Camsinas at sixes, Teller the name at sixes, Florida Dream at eights, Look Away eights, and, and bigger are the rest. Um, Mark, I'll come to you here first. This looks a pretty good race, I think. I think there's quite a lot of horses in here that have definitely got uh, their f- a good future ahead of them, but uh, it's just trying to work out which one will be cherry ripe for the day, isn't it? I think the, I think the Henderson horses are short enough, Shango B. Um... Just, just got there on the line. Nico de Boinville at Ascot last time out. Um, I think um, Ben Pollen's runner, tell her the name. Obviously, Rhea Posey's here, 6-1. to There's a bit of a price discrepancy there. Um, the one I quite like is a French radar. is July Flower. Um, I think this one's got solid solid form in France. We'll get the ground that it wants. Um, was tested in entry behind Dysa Enos of uh, Fergal O'Brien's. Back in April, Rachel Blackmore took the ride there. Only went off five to one on that occasion. Highly fought of since then. Ran three times, won twice, second in a in a Grade One. It was toy. I think that's solid form. To, for me, it's probably the best form in offer. Um, ten to one, best price. Um, and there's usually quite an ignorance towards French runner, French runners as well. This this will probably go off a double figure price, but, but I think this one's got a big chance. It's probably my nat for the weekend. Okay, Mark is siding with a few of the French horses, it seems, on uh, this Christmas podcast. How about you, Liz? Um, Django Bay, I remember you put him up last time, didn't you, at Ascot, when he was a very short price. Um, are we going to be keeping the faith this time around? I I did, and uh, yeah, this race looks really good on paper, um, and I think we could probably talk about most of this field as well. But for, 
those that remember on here, I also fancied Look Away in the Great Wood Handicap, um, obviously won by Iberico Lord, who we spoke about earlier. But he wasn't very far away in second. Um, and we know how much I love a front runner. Um, and at tens, I think he's going to be some good way, good each way value. I mean, he's also beating Kazminas at Cheltenham in October um but nearly three lengths um as mark said we've got interest in french raider in the form of july flower um but i think django bay gets the nod for the win um only just getting the better of tell her the name at ascot but really dug deep to win that and to rally to get up on the line um they're both tell her the the name and django bay at the both the least experienced with only one or two races under rules um they're both showing us the threes for the supreme um, and django bay for the ballymore at the festival um but django bay for the win but i'm just saying look away i don't think he's going to be that far behind and i think he gets overlooked and i don't really i'm not quite sure why um so that's my summary of this okay no thing is on the thing is look away very strong um 16s 20s over the week eight to one now mm-hmm. definitely overlooks big price look away yeah, definitely. Neil King said he's actually, I think, one of the best horses, if not the best horse he's ever had. So um, definitely have to sit up and take note. I know Teller the name when Keelan Woods got off for Huntington said he's the best horse he's ever ridden. So I think quite a few uh, hearts could be broken here. Um, a few putting their neck on the line and unfortunately some are going to have to end their unbeaten runs. But uh, yeah, it looks an absolute cracker. Katie, um, I'm really looking forward to this race on Boxing Day. Uh, did, did you have a few in here that you were looking forward to seeing? Well, Look Away was one for me as well, um, because I put him up in his seasonal opener at Cheltenham when he beat Kamzinas. But I know you liked Kamzinas on that day, Chris, and you thought he got into a bit of trouble and may, may have finished close or even beaten Look Away. Um, I left him at the Greatwood, but he ran a blinder at a starting price of 12 to 1 to finish second behind a book for Lord, as Liz had mentioned. I just looked at this card earlier and I saw 10 to 1 for Lookaway, and I thought it was a massive price. And I thought it might indicate that he isn't going to be running. Um, but if there has been support for him, then hopefully he, he does go. Um, I think Hamzinas would probably be my second choice in here with Tala the name of Danger 2. Django Bay is obviously going to have leading claims as well, but I would be keen to side with Lookaway if he does run. Yeah, I think uh, Lookaway does have some really good solid form claims and he just has maybe that bit more experience over some of these, which could serve him in good stead. I'll give a positive mention for making headway. Um, you fa- finished second behind Kamzinas, um last time out. And a great to uh, to Haydock, but he was a bit of an eye catcher that day, running on quite uh, late. And I know that the uh, Ollie Greenhill and Josh Guerrero team quite like him, so he uh, he would be a horse that I'd be keeping an eye on. But I think you can make cases for plenty, and yeah, this could be quite a hot renewal of this race. So yeah, hopefully we get a good strong field um come post time. So that's our thoughts then on the feature entry. We're now going to have a look at one of the big races uh, at the Lepstown Christmas Festival where we are going to the 220, the 220, which is the race and post novices chase. Facile Vega is your favourite at 8 to 13. Odds on here. In the pocket, then next in at 9 to 2. Ile Tompa, 8. Mr. Policeman, 10s. Found 50, 11s. Gaelic Warrior, 12s. Bigger are the rest. Um, Liz, we were mentioning this earlier with uh, another race on the podcast with Willie Mullins. We don't know which horses he's going to send here. I think this is pretty clear that Facile Vega 
is going to turn up. Do we think he should be hard to beat if he does run? Yeah, I don't think he's going to find any of these two challenging, to be honest. He's obviously already beaten in the pocket in late eight from, um, and he is, he's, I mean, he's too short to back for me, but um, I think he'll he'll win. Um, obviously won the bumper at the festival, second in the Supreme last season. He's gone straight into chasing. Probably needs to freshen that jumping up a little bit, um, but it was an impressive performance in November, and I think he'll take all the beating. But maybe a little shout out to Sharjah. Um, to and to chasing late on in life, he is ten. Obviously, a two-time second in the champion hurdle. Um, he got a little tired last time out in the Drimmore. Um, but I do like to see the oldies trying to serve it up to the youngsters. Sounds probably like I'm talking about myself. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I do like an oldie. Um, but I obviously I think Fasil Vega is going to take that easily. Okay, Fasil Vega is. For Liz, how about you, Katie? Uh, joining in with the Fasal Vega party? Yeah, I'm a big fan of this horse, and I think he's the right favourite, and I think he should go and win. But I think in the pocket, I'd have them closer together than they are. I don't think there was too much between them um, at Navin, although there's almost four lengths between them on on their actual winning distance. I'm not sure in the pocket was really um, riled up for it, and I think he can improve plenty. So I wouldn't think it's a penalty kick for Fasil Vega at all. I think he's going to have to work hard for it, especially if he's, he isn't jumping the best. I think in the pocket will put him under pressure, um, but I hope that he'll have enough to see it through. Um, I think even though Fasil Vega, this is 2 mile one could see him step up in trip. Maybe not this season, but likely next season, and he could be even better. Um, in the pocket, he's a good little horse, and he has a bit of speed as well. So I, I would be a little bit weary of him, but I will be sticking with Vasil Vega. Yeah, it's hard to know the deck. So I personally like in the pocket to step up and trip. He's a horse that I think is going to really do something special one day. Um, and yeah, I think uh, he would definitely be a worthy adversary to Fasil Vega if he does turn up. But uh, yeah, I think this is just one for me just to sit and watch the decks. How about you, Mark? Would you be quite keen to take on and lay Fasal Vega? I think um, Fasal Vega is interesting because you know, obviously we, we were at Cheltenham that day and I was watching it. and I, I was not happy with Fasal Vega the way he travelled and jumped. And let's remember... That race was a it was a novice chase and uncontested lead, set own fractions, jumping wasn't great, it wasn't tested. I think it was quite diplomatically put by Katie there that in the pocket was given a quiet ride. It was clearly not off. Um we're up, we're up in grade here, the prize money's up. In the pocket will be closer. Um if these other runners turn up, I mean let's be honest here, Fasal Vega won a spot the trier novice chase last time out. Nothing, nothing was off had it its own way up front. I think if something takes this on, jumping's going to get under put under pressure. I think Fasa Vega will get turned over here. Um, this is a big step up in, in grade here. And if, I would even say 30 or 40, I mean, this is a graded event. It should all be off here. I think Fasa Vega will get turned over here. I think 13 eight the field's value. Okay, so Mark's... If we, get a decent, if we get a decent amount of numbers, maybe not three or four runners, if we can get eight, nine runners here, Fasa Vega will get turned over. In my opinion. Okay. Too short. Okay, Bob is from Ryman. He's quite keen to take on Fasal Vega with the field. Yeah, I could definitely see your case, but uh, yeah, I'd like to know 
what we were taking one with, but uh, yeah, the Elite Warrior is a big price, it's 12 to 1. So, you got to say this one runs, but highly thought of on the flat. Depends what Willie wants to do, but Asa Vegas jumping gets put under pressure, I think, could be in trouble. Okay, that's Mark's thoughts then on the main race at Leopardstown on Boxing Day. We're now going to move on to the Welsh National, um, which is always a very competitive handicap. This is the day after Boxing Day. Um, and we'll go to our Queen of the Welsh National in a little bit. But when I'm saying Queen of the Welsh National, you probably think I'm talking about Katie Midwinter, but I'm actually talking about Liz because she found the winner of this race last year. But we'll actually come to our Queen of Wales first. Katie, the Welsh National, obviously we don't know the full fields at the moment. Super Survivor is your favourite, 5-1. to one. I couldn't quite see why he was that short now. Do you think he's... He's not really the right favourite for this race? Well, Mon Genius was expected to go here, wasn't he? And he was, you know, initially the anti-post favourite, was quite fancied for this race. And it's a shame that he has to miss out. Um, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's hard to find the winner, well, for most of us, apart from uh, Liz. But I haven't got necessarily a strong fancy as of yet. Um, but there is one in here that, I put up often. He's a bit of a cliff horse for me. And funnily enough, I missed him last time when he actually went and won. And that's Trucker's Lodge. Um, I thought it would be a prep run for this when he when he won last time out. And yeah, I missed him, unfortunately. But I'll definitely be siding with him again. This is the perfect test for him. He's a really strong sayer. If it turns worse than soft, which often happens at tracks, though, then he's going to love it. Um, Freddie Gingell on board, claiming five. He's a great young jockey um, with a bright future ahead of him. He's great um, value for the claim as well. So Trucker's Lodge for me each way is should be there or thereabouts. But I'll give a shout to one at a huge price, and that is Amateur. He's a horse that I followed a lot over the past few years. And although my gut would tell me that maybe he's not quite good enough to be too competitive in a race like this. I've just given him a squeak at the prices as well. He's 66 to 1. He's a strong stayer. Uh, he has got form on softer ground. And um, just think about the prices carrying a really low weight. He could just be one that's going to be staying on and maybe get that, that extra places. So I'll give him a shout too. Okay, a couple then to watch then from Katie. How about you, Mark? Did you have anything that you had circled uh, in the field? This was a really tricky race. Um... Very, very tricky race. I thought Nazalam was really impressive last time out. Obviously got the penalty. Um, and obviously don't have Keelan Quinn's claim here. Loves Chepstow. One win in a second. Will handle the ground. But obviously the step up and trip is a question mark. Yeah, this one often travels very, very well. So probably trade quite short and running. Sometimes chucking a, a bad mistake. Obviously wouldn't want to be doing that here. But definitely interesting. I think if staying the trip, I think one four five. Is probably the one to be on, in, in my opinion. Um, so you've got some some old timers. Big breakaway is not really an old timer. It seems like the horse has been around for a long time. Only an eight year old off one four seven here, and it was pulled up um, last time out at entry. Being highly tried, uh, is coming down the weights. I think if this one can put a, a clean run in, could be competitive. And obviously, the race last year was just beaten behind. Uh, the two amigos of Nicky Martins um, of 148 uh, running off 147 years just a pound more I think if it's 25 and a 12 it's been a bit of money for this one but if you've got to trust um, if the horse is back 
Um, but I like Nazalam. Stays a trip. I think will be competitive. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you, Mark Nazalam. I really like him. I've been beating on his drum a couple of times recently. I put him up when he won the Welsh National Trial. Absolutely bowed up that day. He's down. Really impressive, wasn't he? Yeah. And I've just think even though he's only six and he has been around for a while, he was a good juvenile hurdler. Um, he's got that experience of running in big fields. He was running in races like the Ultima last season, so he's got that big field experience now. And I think he's just starting to put it all together. And one four five could look a genuine mark, and he won't mind it. So I think he'll stay. Um, so I can definitely see the case for that one. I think he actually he should be favourite, but um, but yeah, he, I think eight to one still maybe isn't necessarily a bad price. Right, this is the moment all the listeners have been waiting for. She found the winner last year with two amigos. She messaged me earlier saying that she found the 66 to 1 winner of the race. Liz, take it away. So, um, for those that remember last year, I actually tipped out the two amigos. At, I think he was 14s to 1. So, um, let's hope it's a repeat this year. Um, you just need just a plugger honour who can jump clearly because uh, that's the aim of the game. But um, I'm going right to the bottom of the odds list uh, with 66 to one shot, Didero Vallis, carrying a measly nine stone four. Um, he's taken part in the last two cross countries at Cheltenham, always rallies, even over three miles, five and a half. Um, he's, he's on a mark now of 115. Um, I think he could be a surprise turn up. I mean, Venetia also sends another two, Chambold and Fontaine Collange. But um, of course, she likes a big winner. Um, and I just wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, be surprised to see him turn up, especially, well, at 66 is each way play. Um, other ones of no autonomous cloud, a Fergal O'Brien's could relish to step up and trip. Last year's second, the big breakaway could go one better. And Trucker's Lodge could put on another show after his win at Sandown the other week. Um, but a lot to think about in these races like this. No horses off limits, hence probably why I've gone for a 66 to one shot. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Stranger things have happened. Uh, I, I would love to hopefully see him get in and, and give you a good run for your monies. He's now uh, 66 is from 100 earlier, so uh, clearly uh, the the Liz's millions are going on. So, uh, yeah, the, the Aravalis is the one to, to watch out for in the Welsh National. So that rounds off all the main racing. Of course, there's plenty of action over the next few days over the Christmas period. Is there anything else um, you wanted to talk about? Um Mark, do you have a selection for the listeners away from the races we were talking about? Oh, just the, the two French runners I put up and I, and I thought Salsada, Brian Ellison's, um, I think if that one run, runs a good race, places or wins, I think um, obviously it's linked in with the Constitution Hill race, isn't it? With Paul Nichols, run, runner Raband, who won the Scottish Champion Hurdle, Salsada was just behind her, but I just think it's going to be an interesting sort of week of racing. We'll see how Constitution Hill gets on. But listen, even the greatest could beat. We all know what happened with Baid. Obviously, or the flat to the jumps here. But I would just—I don't think he's going to be fully tuned up. I think he'll probably win, but just I don't think people should get carried away. Okay, that's uh, Mark's final say then on the podcast. Um, I just got one to watch out for over the next couple of days. It's, it's probably actually the first race that's taken part in the UK on Saturday. The one at uh, the eleven forty-five at Haydock. I thought Chitty Balco for Abby and Donald McGain. Go to the front. Michael loves Haydock. Won here three times. 
Return to Bournemouth, bolted up a banger on D a couple of weeks ago. I just thought this horse uh, might be uh, might be a good one here. Um, I didn't think it was a particularly strong race. I think the only horse has to worry about is Lord of Cheshire, but I'm not sure he'll like it on very deep ground. So for me, I think Chitty Balco, he might be 11. He does have to carry top weight, but uh, his form is considerably uh, superior to any of these, I think. So for me, I think Chitty Balco will go very well in the opener at Haydock. But uh, yeah, that, that, that's all I've got to watch out for at this current stage. But yeah, thanks again to Liz, Katie and Mark for giving up their time. Hopefully we found you some winners. Merry Christmas, everyone. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. Thank <laughs> you.